Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Today, we're joined by entrepreneur Nicole Sharma, and she has a brand called Nick Hill, which specializes in clothing. So can you first start by just telling us a little bit about your brand, like what made you get started and just like what's some of your goals for your business? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. Um, I hi. started. Hi. <laughs> um, I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I was that kid that I knew that I couldn't work for anybody else. And I knew that I, I had a passion to do what I wanted to do. But I didn't at a young age, I didn't really know what that was. And I went the traditional route through college. And while I was good in traditional school and education, it still wasn't for me. You know, I graduated and, and I, I was going to work in the workforce and I still just wasn't really happy with where my life was going. It felt like I was kind of living somebody else's life and not what I wanted to do. Um, and my mom actually suggested, you know, why don't you pursue fashion? You've always loved clothes. Um, so I heard her and I went back to school and I went to design school and got a degree in fashion design. And from there, um, I kind of began to see my blueprint a little bit more clearly. And I decided that I would work in the industry under some designers and for some brands because I didn't really know how to navigate having a, a fashion business or, or what that really looked like. I just knew that I wanted one. Um, so I moved to New York and I, I worked for some great designers and for some great brands and uh, studied hard and worked hard and I learned a ton. And while I was working for these designers and for these brands, it kind of became a little bit more clear how I wanted to enter my product into the, the industry. And um, the first lady I worked for started her business with swimwear. And I grew up in Florida and my parents are Jamaican. And swimwear kind of resonated with me just because of what my own background is. But then also being able to see, you know, her playbook and kind of take a page from her playbook. Um, and apply it to what I was doing. So I thought that swimwear would be a good place to start with um, having my own business. Um, and it's kind of just gone from there. I, I'm, I'm still at swimwear and we're getting ready to introduce clothing and resort wear into the mix. Um, mostly because I wasn't ready to do it naturally just now, but because of coronavirus, I thought it was a really good time to start talking about clothes and to start um, bringing my opinion about resort wear and vacation inspired clothing and dresses and skirts to the conversation. And, and that's kind of how I, I got where I am. Speaking of coronavirus, how have you been able to um, cope and um, has your business been affected by it? My business has definitely been affected by it, but um, mostly because swimwear is a uh, it, it kind of parallels with the travel industry. And because people haven't been able to travel, they're not really thinking of swimwear like that. Um, I've had a few sales during coronavirus, but nothing crazy, mostly from women who are already living in a place where they have access to the beach year round or, you know, they have really good weather. So like those women that live in Los Angeles or Miami or, you know, those warm weather places, they're still those women are still buying swimwear because, you know, she can go to the beach and have a moment Um pretty much any time. But outside of those pockets, it, it has definitely been impacted because the women who live in a more seasonal part of the country or world 
um, they're just wearing the swimwear that they had last year. Um, so that's kind of how it's been impacting the swimwear industry as a whole. As it relates to me specifically, my brand underwent rebranding the last six months of 2019. So I had already slowed everything down um, with the intention to kind of just, you know, revamp and kind of improve everything that I was I was working on. So I didn't have any pending orders. I didn't have any you know, um, relationships with buyers that I needed to cancel. And in a, in a very unpredictable way that saved my business because I didn't lose money from cancellations. A lot of small businesses in the fashion sector were hit really hard because we make everything in advance. So you'll place an order with me and I essentially pay for it. And when it's done, you pay me what I charge you. And for companies that had pending orders, they started that situation, but then those orders got canceled and they were still on the line to have to pay the factory to complete those orders. Um, but because I was going or doing my restructuring, I didn't have any pending orders. And it was truly just the grace of God that I didn't and it, and it saved me. I had a lot of trunk shows planned for the spring and the summer and I was going to release my product a, a little later than a lot of other brands had done. But just that delay um, financially saved us a ton of money. So while I'm not necessarily making what I'm used to making, I didn't lose anything. And, and that, was, that made all the difference that I didn't lose any money. That is such a blessing. Yeah, amen. It seems like you have all, all your ducks in a row and things are just flowing seamlessly for you. So in your mindset or your point of view, what type of mindset or belief system should an entrepreneur have? Um, that's a really great question. I, I, I think no matter what industry an entrepreneur works in, I think the most important thing is to really understand the business of your industry and have your mind prepared to know how to navigate that world, regardless of what gets thrown at you. Had I not worked in corporate fashion in New York City, I don't know that I would have been mentally prepared for the race that I was a part of. I, I had the I always treated all of my jobs as paid internships and it gave me the ability to see how these major companies because they have problems too. So it gave me the ability to see how they reacted when they were faced with a problem and how they thought when they were in those scenarios and what they did to rebound and to recover from it. And I think a, a true understanding of your industry is so important, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything about it. Um, knowing how your suppliers and your vendors are affected by the economy and, and what happens in their world. You know, how does Corona, in my case, how did coronavirus affect the fabric supplier? How does low sales affect the people shipping the fabric? How does um, a global pandemic affect the retail stores that are going to be selling the clothes. When you really understand all the nuances of each of the hands that are before your part of the process and after your part of the process, I think when problems arise, you're better able to make decisions that are sound. 
and can be with the lowest amount of risk as possible. I think once you've figured out your industry and you know what you're doing in your industry, I think just being able to trust your instinct and listen to your voice and and be confident with yourself as a business owner or entrepreneur or however you like to describe yourself is also really important because so many people like to give unsolicited advice. And sometimes that advice is great. And sometimes that advice is not so great. And you have to be able to hear those things and then come up with your own mind and your own decision about what it is that you're hearing. Um, and then I'd say the the last thing is just paying attention to, to your market and market trends. You know, what are, what do your customers want? What is the world, what's happening in the world and how does what you're doing fit in that world? Um, a lot of it is luck, but I think that when you know what you're doing, you can combine some of that luck with, with your own intelligence and your own intuition and, and make really great decisions for your business. I definitely agree. And another question I have for you is that I know you say your mission is to celebrate a wider definition of beauty for everyone. So like, it just sounds like you're more into the personal, maybe emotional or mental health aspect, as opposed to just the physical beauty of having a nice swimsuit. So like, how did you, I guess, combine the need to like, have it be a deeper meaning behind the swimsuit? That's a really great question. Um, a lot of it, so when I was in design school, I, I went to design school in Atlanta. And at the time, right after I graduated, I was working at Lenox Square Mall and I was working in this swimsuit shop. I don't know if it's still there or not, but um, I was working in this swimsuit shop and I was a store manager for um, this shop. And we had women coming in there all the time and trying swimsuits on and when you work with swimwear, you've seen every shape, size of woman that there is. And it's a really psychological sale that it, it actually has little to do with, with the swimsuit and more to do with how the woman feels when she puts the swimsuit on. And I learned that in that moment. And I'll share this story with you. I, I, I'm working and it's a busy Saturday in Lenox and, you know, I'm helping this woman and, she had what, you know, the world would probably consider a, a nice physique. You know, she looked like she worked out. She looked healthy. She looked fit. And it was probably one of the, the nicest bodies I've ever seen in person in my life up to that point. And I complimented her. I said, you know, your, your body's great. What do you do for your workout? Like what, I, you know, share some tips, sis. What are you doing? And she looked at me and she, she she was very insecure the entire time. Like she was nitpicking at her body and, you know, oh, do I look fat? Does, are you sure that it fits me? I don't, I don't feel comfortable in this. And she looked amazing in literally everything she put on. And when I gave her the compliment, she, she put her head down and she said that she rode for the U.S. Women's Olympic team. This is a true story. And I looked at her and I'm like, wait, wait, you're like an Olympian. Like you are in the Olympics and you're not satisfied with your body. And it clicked to me in that moment that if that woman who was in the 
she's an Olympian, you know, she's in the peak of her health. If she's not satisfied with her body and the way that she looks, then like what hope is there for anybody else? Like it, it, it just goes downhill from there. And I felt like it was just really sad that this woman and every other woman, regardless of what they, they look like, just felt horrible or insecure about their body. And it was always, you know, women pointing out their scars to me. This is their C-section line or they had breast cancer and they had to have their breasts removed. So there's the scar from that. Or here are my stretch marks. Or I never heard anybody praise themselves when they were in the, the fitting room. It, and literally every woman, no matter how beautiful I thought she was, she felt the need to point out her flaws to me before she felt comfortable enough to even look at herself in the, the mirror with the swimsuit that she was trying on. And that happened in Atlanta. So now I moved to New York and I'm working, you know, for these designers and these brands. And as I hear women talking about themselves, it's the same conversation. And when I started my business and I would have my pop-ups and, you know, I'm helping women in swimwear, it's literally the same thing. And it didn't matter what race they were. It didn't matter the age. It didn't matter how much money they made. It didn't matter where they went to school. It didn't matter where they were from. It literally was just a very unifying conversation that women were having silently with themselves, myself included. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not exempt from this. And I just thought that that was really sad that as a, as a, a population of people, the majority of women have something negative to say about themselves. And when I looked at them, what I saw was beauty. You know, I, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm complimenting these women, you know, she's beautiful. She's got a great height or really long legs or her arms are nice. And they're, they're not seeing any of that. They're, they're focusing on the things that most people probably didn't pay attention to. And I felt like in order to do my, my job properly as a brand owner and as a designer, I needed to address what women weren't speaking about. And, and that was the insecurity they felt when they were looking at themselves. And I don't know how much of a difference I'm making, but in the moments when I'm helping women, I, I think it's helpful in that moment. And I hope that they leave that, that scenario and start to think better of themselves. Um, speaking of insecurities, um, we may have some listeners who can, you know, relate to the things that you're saying. What any advice would you give to them? I always like to tell people to focus on something that you, you do like about yourself. So especially in the beginning, as we change our self-talk and we change the things that we say about them ourselves, what do you like? So if you don't like your stretch marks or you don't like your C-section scar or whatever it is that you don't like, what there has to be something you do like. So maybe that's your eyes or your eye color or you, you like your stomach or you like your legs or you like your ankles, whatever it is that you actually like about yourself, try to find one positive thing or positive feature about your, your body that you can focus on. And then I'd say go from there. So maybe, you know, someone has really pretty hair and they like their hair. Okay, great. Maybe we can find a an article of clothing or a swimsuit that complements your hair or your hairstyle. Or, you know, if it's your eyes, maybe we can find a color that complements your eye color. If, you know, if it's the, the shade of your skin, maybe she's got beautiful chocolate skin. Maybe we can find a swimsuit that, that, that works for your, your skin color. 
Um, but I'd say focus on the positives is a really great place to start. And then one thing that I say a lot to my customers, especially when they're trying something on, if me and you were out and I said something, if I said to you what you said about yourself, you would be upset with me. If I said to you, girl, what's up with those stretch marks? You'd look at me like I was crazy and you'd be offended by that. So if you would be offended if someone else said it about you, why is it okay for you to say it about yourself? And I think recognizing those, those conversations we have with ourselves and recognizing how damaging they can be is the beginning to perhaps a beautiful relationship with ourselves. Um, another great thing to do is just, you know, affirmations. We, we hear that a lot in the self-help and self-care world, you know, waking up and saying, I'm beautiful, I'm worthy. But that mantra and getting in the habit of saying that eventually resonates with us and hopefully we'll begin to believe it. And as we believe that about ourselves, what starts to happen is what we allow, how we allow people to treat us improves and then it reinforces that we're worthy. The people that we allow ourselves to be around begins to improve and it begins to reinforce that we are worthy. But it all has to start with the individual. If I'm talking to myself in a disrespectful way, I am subconsciously giving others permission to do the same. And if we allow people to speak to us disrespectfully, it begins a slippery slope of bad relationships and and continuing to manifest these bad ideas that we have about ourselves. And it's, it's so unhealthy. So um, just focus on the positive, say some positive mantras about yourself every day, as many times as you feel like you need to, and then just recognize when you are speaking harmfully about yourself and try to stop it and improve it. Um, just to kind of, you know, stay on the self-care a little bit, mantras or whatever, What's some things that you personally do for either self-development or self-care? Maybe just like one, what's the biggest thing you feel like is helpful for you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is working out and eating healthy um, because one, it will contribute hopefully to my longevity and it'll allow me to have a, a longer, healthier life. But the side effect of working out and eating healthy is a, a body that I'm proud of. And it begins, because I'm proud of my body, even though I still have insecurities like every other woman, I begin to have more things about my body that I like than less things that I dislike. Um, and I think that it's the, the most active way that I can contribute to positive self-care. And I try to do something kind to myself every day, you know, so... Maybe today I'll, I'll give myself a facial. Maybe tomorrow I'll give myself an Epsom salt bath. You know, I work out. Working out, I think, is a great way to, to show that we love ourselves. Um, laughing, I think, is a really great way to take care of our, of our spirit. Um, being around people who really, truly have the best intentions for me um, is, a, is a really good way of, of self-care. And it sounds simple and it sounds kind of cheesy, but combined they really do affect the overall mental well-being of of our person and of who we are and when you feel beautiful it really affects your confidence level and as a woman of color and as women in general 
feeling beautiful is so, so important because it affects the type of men that we choose. It affects how we speak to our daughters and how we speak to our nieces. And the last thing we would want to do is to, to, to continue um, a legacy of, of bad treatment of ourselves. You know, the little ones, they watch us and they see us and they admire us and, and loving ourselves teaches them that it's okay to love themselves too. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us for your insight. Um, we really, really appreciate you. So go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Thank you so much. I, I've, I've loved having these types of conversations. Um, on Instagram, I am at Nick Hill Clothing. That's N-I-C-H-Y-L Clothing. Um, and it's the best way to get in touch with me. And then my website is www.nickhill.com. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a treat to, to talk to you. Thank you. And make sure y'all go follow our podcast page at 21 Minutes or Less Podcast on YouTube and 21 Minutes or Less on Instagram and Facebook. And then go follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana. Mine is at Miss Butterfly 21 M-I-S-S. And we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye. Bye.